As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is Emily, Henley, and Sammy, and you're listening to Too Scary Didn't Watch. Hi everyone, welcome to Too Scary Didn't Watch, the horror movie recap podcast for those too scared to watch for themselves. I'm Emily, and I am too scared to watch scary movies, and it's a bit of an interesting episode. It's a bit of a special one. I am... alone i'm not but i don't have henley or sammy here this week uh you know on to be completely honest i don't know when this episode is going to air but we're it, this is an episode that will air <laughs> when they're unavailable which happens sometimes and we came up with a little plan a little fun plan in light of not having perfect Henley and Perfect Sammy here with us this week. We had to do something truly special, truly spectacular to make up for it and to still just give you the kind of content you love, you come here for. So I'm not actually alone. I'm joined by the only person who could fill those shoes, both pairs of shoes, our very first and our very best correspondent. Um, hello, Joel. Hello. Hello, everyone. And Emily, I got to say, I don't really appreciate you blowing up my spot as a four-legged man, saying that I could fill both both pairs of shoes at once. That isn't, this isn't really how I wanted to go public with that information. I'm so sorry, but it's out. Yeah. I'm, um, what are those things? What are the half horse, half man's called centaur centaurs i'm a centaur but with human f- whole body human <laughs> human feet Ugh. whole body human how, how would that um mentor how would that work would that be um because a centaur is a human torso and a and also a Horse torso. It's two torsos, really. Double torso, yeah. And so where would the second human torso come out? At the neck or at the waist? Do you know what I mean? Well, the larger torso is a horse-shaped human torso <laughs> with just with human legs. Awful. Tail? Oh, yeah. Yeah. B- uh, bald. <laughs> oh, God. Like a, like a sphinx cat yeah, tail? yep. Well, I hate that. So now my secret's out. <laughs> well, I guess I love it. <laughs> I guess I love it. Um, hi, Joel. Hello. Joel, you are this week's scary movie watcher for me. Yes. Which I'm thrilled about. I mean, I'm not thrilled about what we will be talking about, but I'm thrilled, thrilled to have you here. Thrilled that I made you do this with me. We're going to have a good old time. We opened a bottle of wine. We're going to have some fun. We are sitting in our home on a Friday night. We opened a bottle of wine <laughs> and we're going to do um, this week's movie. But before we get into that, Joel, did anything scary happen to you this week? Um, 
This is not necessarily this week, although there was an instance of it that's been happening this week, which is that I feel as though the like programming of my hair has <laughs> been completely wiped clean. You realize that last time you came on this podcast, you talked about hair growth. Yes. Unwanted hair growth. And this is unwanted hair programming? Yeah. It's like, so my hair used to have a way that I did it. Sure. And I did it like that every day. <laughs> yeah. And it just feels like all of a sudden I can't do it anymore. I can't you achieve it. You say that, but I don't see what you're seeing. Well, which is not to not to um, gaslight you into saying that it's not happening. I just I'm not seeing that the whatever struggle you're facing is you're doing a very good job of concealing it, you know, from appearance wise. Thank you. You should tell that to my therapist. <clears throat> but <laughs> why, why does she tell you you're not well, like just generally concealing my struggle? <laughs> but I don't know what's going on with my hair. I, I really don't. I, I, I started. I think I. I am starting to suspect. So this is part of this is mainly what's scary, not necessarily mm. just the hair, but that um, I think it all started when I started like more of a project with my hair where I was trying to like grow it a little bit longer. And I so mm. as a part of that, I started going to the same barber every time I went and got my hair cut mm -hmm. to like, you know, which is like not necessarily common for men. Is that true? Not necessarily. Yeah, not necessarily. OK, um, plenty of people do. Plenty of people don't. Okay. Um, you go to the same barber shop often, but there's like, you know, a few different people you might get. Okay. But I picked the same one so that I could have a plan kind of. Sure. And I'm starting to wonder, I really like this, this guy. He's really good, but I wonder if he's not right for my hair. Oh, sure. He maybe doesn't understand your hair texture. Yes. And the curl it's not, and it's whatever. It's not a, um, uh, uh, yeah, a, a good fit between the two of you hair wise. Yeah. And so what is difficult is that I've Hope been he's going not listening. I know. I don't think he is. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> but, but I, and if he is, I, I gotta say you're really nice and I really like you, but <laughs> I just don't know if it's working. And, and so, but the, the problem that I face is I don't really want to Get go to a different barbershop? Well, I don't really want to go to a different person at the same barbershop. Mm. And I also don't really know what barbershop alternatives there are for me in this neighborhood. Um, Might I suggest... Uh, uh, well, you don't need me to solve your problem. Um, <laughs> but if I might offer some advice, it would be that I wonder if you would like going to... And which you have done this in the past, um, back when you were coloring your hair. I wonder if you would like going to a hair salon. Perhaps, yeah. um, a more feminine energy, more conversations around like what your hair is doing and what you want out of it. And also just a general uh, feminine environment and energy that I know you enjoy being surrounded by. Uh, I think you would really, really love it. I've definitely been thinking about it. It's just those places are so fucking expensive. They're so much more expensive. That's true. It really is true. Like you're paying for vibe. Oh, my God. You're paying so much for it. So I yeah. don't know what I'm going to do, but I just don't like the way that my hair is sitting atop my head any longer. Atop. It's, it's as if it was like the memory was wiped out and it mm. just doesn't sit on my head like it used to. Mm -hmm. Part of me thinks it's because I'm going bald. You're not. But I don't think I am. You're not. But it's like, it's kind of like, well, if the climate's changing, maybe it's because of global warming. Do you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> I do know. I do know you for a second. I thought you were attributing the increase in 
temperatures in your hair, which it could, could be, could be, it could be an El Nino thing. <laughs> you have El Nino hair. So I guess I got to wait until winter before I really make it. Um, but have you ever heard that they say your hair changes every seven years? Changes what? <laughs> it's like it goes through like a chemical change. Like your body is just like changing, you know, how our hair grows out of our heads and stuff and skin. It's all chemistry. Well, this sucks. Well, I, I had a good system for seven years. <laughs> I don't know that it's like drastic changes. And again, I don't even know what I'm talking about, but I, this is a thing I've heard. I went so that far as to right. I went so far as to start parting my hair on the other side of my head to try to solve this. Yeah, you did. You did. In my most ma- at my most manic point of the past year. At your most manic point, you changed the part of your hair. <laughs> <laughs> um I'm covering my struggle, you know? Yeah. No, I yeah, it, it's hard. Hair stuff, hair I'll go I'll talk about hair stuff too. Is that your scary thing? We it, should segue uh, it, into it. It wasn't going to be, but I'm using it as the segue. Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm doing it now. I'm doing it currently, and that is my scary thing is that I have to stop bleaching my hair. Mm-hmm. And you know this. Yep. Um, and I'm really sad about it because I love being platinum blonde. I feel my most me. Mm-hmm. It feels powerful. Um, I love it, but my hair's falling out. <laughs> <laughs> And and I knew I knew there There was clumps of your hair around the house. No, (laughs) in the shower there are. They're in the shower there. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, no. So so it's been a thing that I've known. There's a there is a a term limit on how long you can bleach your hair. Um, and I've known that to be true, but I've fought it because. I don't let anybody tell me what to do. So for you, not the, even yeah, me. Everybody the knows change, this. The climate change is man-made for you. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, but you know, I had a, I had a warning sign a few months ago. I got my hair bleached, and the first post-bleach shower, I washed my hair, and I thought, "Oh, hmm, this is, you know, this is too much." I feel like coming out. Mm-hmm. But, it, but I didn't want it to be true. And I have a lot of hair. So I've also just been like, well, okay, so fine. So you lose some. Like, who cares? Yeah. You know, cost-benefit analysis. and That's a really smart <laughs> cost-benefit analysis. <laughs> and, and but then, so then this last time I got my hair bleached, it, it happened again. And it was like, I, like, I felt like it was like, okay, you get like, like, it felt like the scorpion on the frog. <laughs> okay, go into that. <laughs> Where it's like... I know that I know that bleaching my hair is a scorpion. Okay. And who's the frog? <laughs> my hair. <laughs> my hair is the frog. <laughs> and the, the bleach is a scorpion. Okay. And so the first warning sign was me meeting the scorpion. <laughs> but choosing to take it across the river anyway. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but then it's, it's, you know, it stung me and it's like, well, I knew you were a scorpion. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And so and then you took it back to the other side of the river. <laughs> I took it back. So yeah, the second time I, it, I had lost a, a, you know, a lot of hair again this time, the first time it happened, I didn't show you how much hair I lost, but right. this time after the shower, I did show you. It, it shocked me. It looked <laughs> like, you know, you. like in a... Oh, a body horror movie when somebody's like liquefying and they just no. like clumps of hair come out. No, it wasn't like I still have hair on my head, but but it's not what you want. And it and it felt 
it feels to me like if I do it, if I ignore this warning and I bleach my hair again, I will all my hair will fall off. Mm-hmm. It just sort of like I've started having stress dreams about my hair falling out. It's like it's time. And I'm I am really sad about it, but I I can't I can't keep doing it. Well, there's a whole new world in front of you now. It's a whole new world in front and of me now. You can always come back. It's true. It's true. The scorpion um, will always be on that <laughs> riverside. It's waiting. Yeah. There's no other way for him to get across. Um, so yeah, if anybody has been there, um, if anybody is is there and is thinking, well, no, that's not a scorpion. I don't know. I feel like it is. Um, and it's sad. Yeah, it's it really sad, is. But true. It's been a really important part of your personality for the past few it's years. It's been a really important part of your personality. I really enjoy it. But I like change and it's an exciting opportunity to try something new. The the, the fortunate thing is it will take a while, mm-hmm. which I you know I hate that. But that's that's my next chapter. It's my next chapter and we're going to see we're going to see where it goes. But hair is hard. Hey. <laughs> hair is hard. Hair is hard. And we, you know, we've talked a decent, decent bit about body horror just now. And unfortunately, that feels like a good segue into what it is we're going to be talking about today. And that is Saw 2. Woo! Woo! Yeah. Uh, So, Joel, famously, famously... uh, We're watching a show right now where someone talks about everything she ever has made as... Well, this is my famous... So and so, and I think it's so funny to self-describe your yes. things as famous, whether it's true or not. It it just feels very silly to me. I like her, but anyway, um, famously, Joel covered Saw one on. Was that your first episode? No, The Witch was your first episode. This was your, that was your second episode. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. Um, it was a while ago, and it was great, and it was and it was great, and everybody loved it. Wow, that's really nice to hear. <laughs> and um, we have not. I mean, obviously, because this is Saw 2, we've not done a Saw movie since. And it feels, it feels like we got a movie. We're not going to do all of them. There are nine. There's a 10th coming out this month. Well, I don't know when this episode is coming out, but there's a 10th coming out September 2023. So, you know, Saw's back. (laughs) Saw's back. (laughs) Saw's back. Great poster, too. For Saw 10? Yeah. I haven't seen it. It's like a person's face and they're like looking up. And they have two uh, fluorescent light bulbs stuck into their eye sockets. <laughs> <laughs> Henley's going to hate that. And they like that. cross each other so it makes an X for 10. It's really good. Oh, Henley's going to hate that. Yeah, it's super fluorescent. Super. Fl- and, and eyeballs. Yeah. Out. Out. Yeah. Um, Joel, what... Have you seen... Had you seen... You had seen Saw 2 before. Yeah, but long ago. I hadn't seen it for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, it came out. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you a little bit about it. It came out October 28th, 2005, which is a year after Saw 1 came out. So they really were like getting on it. Um, it was directed by Darren Lynn Boozman, written by Lee Winnell and Darren Lynn Boozman, starring Donnie Wahlberg, mm-hmm. Frankie G, Glenn Plummer, Beverly Mitchell, Dina Meyer, Emmanuel Vaugier, Eric Knudsen, Shawnee Smith, and Tobin Bell. Tobin Bell, that's Pigface Wigface? That is, Tobin Bell plays Jigsaw. Who's Pigface Wigface? Well, it depends. 
Huh. I don't think it he, because remember in the first one he's not pig face wig face uh Ben Ben from Lost is pig face wig face. Sure, 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 sure. Damn. His little uh apprentice. Oh, his little apprentice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's pig face wig face. So there's no pig face wig face in this? No. Fuck this. <laughs> and this movie was a huge success. I mean, obviously they they've continued making them. The, the budget was 4 million, pretty low. Yeah. Box office, $147.7 Yes, this is actually the highest grossing <gasps> of all of the Saw movies. Very interesting. That must mean that it's not great. <laughs> uh, no, I think it means that There's the rest many? of them aren't great. This Fair. one is really good. Okay, well, Joel, Rotten Tomatoes disagrees. It has a 37% Are you on. kidding me? <laughs> it's a th- 37% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 40 on Metacritic, and a 6.6%. On IMDb. Uh, IMDb coming through in the clutch here, but these guys are cuckoo. It's it's cuckoo. it's a it's a really good sequel. Okay. Well, I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> I'm interested. I well, I mean, I think I think I'll hate it, but Saw is just such a big fucking deal. Is this when it becomes more like torture porn, or is it still not as much? Um it's getting closer, but I still would argue with that we are not yet into torture porn territory. I, I, okay. I could see somebody thinking that we are, but I don't think we are. Okay. Did you see this movie in theaters? I don't think so. I think I saw it at my house or my friend Joel's house. And a lot of images from it like have stuck with me mm. to this day. Oof. Um, 2005. Where were you in 2000? I was in college. Okay. Okay. Go Hawkeyes. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you're supposed to, you have to say that, right? You have to. You absolutely have to. If if any of the fans spend any time in Iowa City, holler at me in the comments. I, I used to work at Donnelly's Pub. And if you ever went there or you ever went to the mill, respect. Great. (laughs) <laughs> great um you got some trivia for me joel i do i i only have a few um one of them though I, that i find the, kind of the most interesting is so saw one came out in 2004 mm-hmm. this came out in 2005 mm-hmm. and there's a reason that it happened that quickly which is that the director and co-writer darren boozman had already written a script for a different movie called the desperate and it was, he like was pitching it around and it was seen as too violent um, and too, you know, gnarly. And then Saw came out and became huge. And then people were like, it's too Saw-like. But then Lee Winnell contacted him and was like, do you want to just make that Saw 2? Holy shit. Yeah. And so they had a script ready. They just like, they like tweaked it to fit it into the franchise, but it was they basically just like took an existing other idea and made it into Saw 2. That's very interesting. Cool very move interesting. Um, on Lee Winnell's part. Yes. Another fun bit of trivia, speaking of posters, as we mm-hmm. talked about the Saw 10 poster, the poster for this movie was recalled by the MPAA <gasps> for being too grisly because it had two severed fingers uh, and the MPAA didn't like that. Doesn't the Saw 1 poster have a severed foot? Yes, but that also might be like a, a like after the release kind of poster. I don't know, man. I remember walking through blockbusters and getting to the aisle with Saw and horror movies, and 
like I remember those being there. I remember the seeing severed foot. the like gray crackled nasty body parts. Yeah, they got really good posters for these the things. The fingers, I oh, the fingernails on those fingers nasty in this poster. Maybe it's cuz there's like a pool of blood underneath them or something. Ugh, it's nasty. Here's a bit of trivia that you're going to like. I don't know if I buy it. You will, trust me. <laughs> okay. So, in the first movie because they had a very small budget, uh-huh. the little jigsaw puppet, that little guy? Yeah. He was controlled like marionetted with fishing line. Okay. Uh-huh. This movie, they had a bigger budget, so they made him motorized. (laughs) So he's remote controlled. Oh, making that money count. (laughs) And I will say this. I don't know if I noticed this in the first movie or if it's something new with this puppet. But when you if you look at a picture of him from this movie in particular, his chin is carved in such a way. It's like a butt chin, you know, with like a big, big, beefy chin. But his chin is so funny looking that it made me realize that testicles and butts look really similar. His chin made me think of that. His chin made you think that testicles and butts look really similar. Yes, that's right. And this is the trivia I'm going to like. <laughs> no, no, the, <laughs> the remote control one was the one you were going to like. <laughs> I mean, testicles and butts look really similar from a certain angle, yes. And certain kinds of butts. And certain kinds of representations of them both. Certain kinds of representations. Carved testicles and carved butts. (laughs) Carven testicles and carven butts look similar to me. I could see how you could carve one trying to make the other. (laughs) Sure. That's pretty much it for the, like, a lot of this uh, trivia on IMDb is has spoilers about one scene in particular, okay. uh, which is one of the scenes that I've never forgotten about. And anybody who's listening, who's watched this, I bet you know what scene I'm talking about. Uh-oh, and anybody who's listening who hasn't, you're gonna. You're gonna. Um, but yeah, um, they shot this whole thing in 25 days. That's the last, the Holy last of the trivia. Shit. Yeah. Nice and snappy. Nice and snappy. And it made them a hundred million dollars. That is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool for them. And I do really think it's a good sequel. I think it's a Okay. I think it it lives in the space of the first one. It it pays uh it's like connected to the first one in interesting ways. It expands on what's fun about the first one, but it makes it its own. And I think it's a the cast is nowhere near as good, which is too uh, bad. That is you'd think that they'd be able to pull some fucking hot shots in after Saw yeah, 1. Yeah, you miss out on some of of that like psychological drama of the first one, which right. is really good. But I didn't miss it when I was watching it. This okay. one, if, if that makes sense. It's, uh- it's the bleakest time of the year. So you know what that means. We deserve to get cozy on the couch, rewatch our favorite TikTok videos, and drink a goddamn glass of wine. If you ever struggle to pick out the right bottle, you will love our next sponsor, Naked Wines. Did you know that when you buy wine today, most of the money goes to things like fancy packaging, big budget marketing campaigns, and tax? That is crazy. Naked Wines is a subscription service that seamlessly connects you to the finest independent winemakers on the planet. So you get a box of the market's best quality wines, however often you'd like, for a fraction of the price. And hold on to your butts, you guys, because the deal they have for you is insane. Just wait. So how do they do it? Naked Wines connects winemakers and wine drinkers directly, allowing for vineyard-to-door delivery at up to 60% off what you would normally pay in a store. 
By cutting out the traditional retail middleman costs and markups, winemakers can pass those savings on to you without skimping on quality. I can't stop talking about Naked Wines. I love that their quiz matches you with bottles that you love, and each shipment includes wines they recommend based on your previous ratings. I'm currently loving their organic options, especially the Chris Condos Cabernet from Mendocino County, and they've been around for 10 years, and they fund over 90 independent winemakers. So with no commitments or membership fees, you can enjoy Naked Wines hassle-free. And the best part, every bottle is a passion project from an independent winemaker, so you're literally making an independent winemaker's dream come true. So head to nakedwines.com slash too scary and enter voucher in the top right when you get to the website and put in too scary for both the code and password to get six bottles of wine for just $39.99 with shipping included. That's $100 off and less than $7 per bottle. So that's nakedwines.com slash too scary and use the code and password too scary and grab six bottles for just $39.99. One last time, that's nakedwines.com slash too scary, code and password too scary for $100 off your first six bottles. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. We all come home after a long day of work, and what's the first thing we do? We take off our bras because they are uncomfortable and constricting and we're just ready to get out of them by the end of the day. Well, what if I told you that Skims has changed all that? Skims has done the impossible and created an underwire bra that I actually forget that I'm wearing. I didn't think anybody could do it. You guys obviously know how much I love Skims. I have tried many of their other products. I've never been disappointed, but I, yeah, just don't normally love an underwire bra. I prefer a bralette, but I've loved everything else I've gotten so much that I thought, you know what? Why not try an underwire bra from Skims? Let's just see. And they did it. They did it, folks. They created my favorite underwire bra I've ever worn. I have the weightless scoop bra. It has this nice like mesh material that's supportive and comfortable, breathable, but still very sexy. And yeah, like I said, I I do genuinely forget that I'm wearing it. And that is very rare. I, you know, I'm a broken record over here. I love skims. I love skims. I'm sorry. That's just the, the cold hard truth. I will shout it from the rooftops because I want everybody to know. I want everybody to share in my joy and my comfort. So shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H, plus get free shipping on orders over $75. And if you haven't yet, be sure to let them know that we sent you after you place your order, select podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Um, well, then let's let's do it, Joel. Okay. <clears throat> Saw two. <sighs> So we open on a green-hued, nasty light bulb (laughs) flickering in the dark as it swings and creaks 
and a man breathes frantically. Oh. So we're off to the races right at the beginning. We're in a room. No windows, cement walls. In the room, there's an air grate, a TV, uh, and a box. Mm. Um, and a mirror. And we see this mirror, and it's pulled by a young man, and he looks at his reflection, his face, in the mirror. And one of his eyes is bloody and swollen and super fucked up. And around his neck is some kind of contraption that looks like very bad news. And we cut to an uh, overhead shot. And this thing is that's around his neck is like a large, if you could imagine, a... What are those plants that eat? A Venus flytrap. I just saw one today. Really? Yeah. You don't see a lot of those. You really don't. Anyway... (laughs) Was it in the wild? It was not in the wild, no. Okay. I don't know no. if they're native to this area. Probably not. They were inside a restaurant and we asked, do those work? And the waitress said no. Do you remember where, the first time you learned about those? I, no. I remember learning about a plant that ate bugs and being like, what? It's crazy. That goes against everything I knew at the time. Absolutely. You know, they're really underrated. You don't think about flesh eating plants cool. very frequently. Yeah. Anyway, that okay, has so nothing that's to do with what it, it looks like. <laughs> but it's basically like, do you know what an Iron Maiden is? Uh, it's like a bear trappy kind of thing, it's, round with spikes. Imagine a body shaped metal coffin filled with nails and spikes. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like a mask filled with nails that's gonna that will like snap shut on his head. Okay, Jesus. that's what's around his neck, waiting to snap shut. Um, la, la, la. I've and, like just remembered what it is I'm about to experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, you are. Yeah. So uh, he stands up. He's like able to get up. He's not tied down or anything. And he uh, notices that there's a string connected to the device that is connected to a pulley on the wall. Then on the TV, it uh, starts playing and we get our jigsaw puppet. And on top of the TV, we see x-rays, and it's of a skull, and somewhere inside this skull is a key. The TV comes on, the puppet says, Hello, Michael. I want to play a game. Uh, and we basically learn Michael is a snitch. He, like, rats people out. Oh, el rata el rata. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> And uh, Jigsaw goes on to say, like, basically, he's a snitch and, like, I call you unworthy of the body you possess, uh, of the life that you've been given. Now we'll see if you're willing to look inward rather than outward to give up the one thing you rely on to go on living. And he says, you're wearing a death mask on a spring-loaded timer. And uh, I can't, I won't do the voice unless I, like, have it written down. But he's basically like, once that timer starts, you have a minute to get the key, to find the key and unlock the trap on your face. And he goes, you know, you're a, you're a bit uh, at a disadvantage right now because you just woke up. So I'll give you a hint. And on screen, this video starts playing of Jigsaw and this guy, his name is Michael, laying on a surgery table unconscious. And Jigsaw cuts his eye open and puts a key behind his eye. And puts his eye back. Oh! <laughs> and um, and then he goes, the answer 
is right before your eyes. Uh. <laughs> and he laughs. Yeah. So Michael is really upset. He starts yelling and freaking out. And the way that this movie is shot, it's not directed by James Wan. It's directed by this dude, uh, Darren Bozeman. And it is shot so frenetically. It is unfortunately directed for the most part, I will say. It, it ends Damn. up kind of working. But it's like really like tons of speed ramps, tons of weird edits that are meant to disorient you. But oftentimes you're just disoriented. Right. <laughs> and it's like strobing like epileptic kinds of cuts. Yeah. Anyway, and it made me go like, how could a movie filmed in t- 2005 be even more 2003 than a movie filmed in 2003? Mm-hmm. And it is. Uh, like they were definitely blasting trapped in the editing bay. So anyway, Michael's freaking out and he like starts running around the room a little bit and ping, he pulls the string off of the pulley and the timer has now started. Oh, Jesus Christ. He's got 60 seconds. He looks around. There's a there's a toolbox. Oh, Inside God. the toolbox is a scalpel. He takes the scalpel to his eye, Fuck. starts to cut at it. Ah! Can't bring himself to do it. He chickens out, can't do it. And uh, throws the throws the scalpel away to give up and time runs out and chink the trap shuts and he dies and we get our saw two titles as he falls over I mean I think yeah I think that's what would have to happen yeah I don't think I could pull it off no and and in sixty seconds too like there I just I think you should give him more time. Yeah, but I I think I would just go like, okay, well, bye. Yeah, and it didn't look all that painful. I was going to say, this also feels like a pretty instant death. It is an instant, but it would be less duration of pain than cutting a key from behind your eyeball. But it's... But you, you, you might pass out before you even got the key. Yeah, but then you wouldn't have... No, you would... Yeah, you'd still... It'd be over for you. But this yeah. is ultimately what gets to Jigsaw's point is we don't know how to survive anymore. <laughs> Sure, we used to know how to do that. Yeah, we used to be good. I mean, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so we're in it. Saw two. Okay. Now we meet our main character, Detective Eric Matthews, paid, played by Donnie Wahlberg. Eric Matthews is the name of Corey Matthews' brother in Boy Meets World. Yes, it's very interesting. I had the same thought. Yeah. So Detective Eric Matthews is walking. He's like disheveled. He looks like surly and hungover. And he's walking down the hallway of a electronics store and walks up to a security desk in the back and says, I'm here to pick up my son. And the security guard lets him in and he goes into this holding room mm. where his son Daniel is sitting. He got caught shoplifting. And, a delinquent. Yes. And uh, Detective Matthews has a badge on his belt He's obviously a cop and he picks up his son and is pissed at him for shoplifting. Sure. And his, they, they leave and his son's like, those guys are assholes. And he's like, of course they're assholes. You, you stole from them. And they, and they, they have like a lot of tension between the two of them. Mm. And Eric is like, you know, first your mom gets custody of you and now I got to put you in custody. <laughs> okay. Uh, and <laughs> All right, man. <laughs> And Daniel basically tells him, you know, like, fuck you, man. Like, you're never around. Don't pun with me, dude. Don't, Don't wordplay. And he's like, you know what? You're, you're, why are you always such a cop 24 7? I just want to go stay with mom. And he goes, 
Well, then fucking go. Go to her. Go to your mom. See ya. Like he yells at him. Like, go away. Well, they're like standing on this pier. Not great parents. Having this argument. There's like a dude fishing, a like woman jogging by him. And he's like just yelling at his son. Uh, to How like, old to his son? Like 14? He's probably yeah, more like 16. Okay. He's a young young man. Imagine he's Timothy Chalamet, basically. He looks a lot like Timothy Chalamet. Does he now? Yes. Just imagine Chalamet in this movie for the rest of I, it. That will make it better for me. So we cut to later. Eric is sitting in his like dingy apartment. A train goes by. He's like Where clearly alone. Where is this alone. set? Do we know? I don't recall. It's wherever the first one is set. I don't recall that. I don't like an e- East Coasty city Seems vibes. Like it, yeah. yeah, okay. And like an industrial like Pittsburgh city. Pittsburgh or yeah, something. Yeah, that kind of vibe. And so he's at home drinking, feeling bad. He he calls Daniel's number to say he's sorry. He's like, "Hey, I I know like I, I I've been trying to get a hold of you." He like leaves a voicemail. "I know I've been I've been trying to get a hold of you. I haven't talked to you since yesterday. I'm mm. sorry. I shouldn't have said that. Like I got out of hand and, and I'm sorry. You're a child. You're a child. And uh, then he hangs up, feels sorry for himself. And then he gets a call and he picks it up and he goes, Daniel. <laughs> and then he goes, oh, no, sorry, Sergeant. It's, it's his mm. boss. And he, at this, he has a really funny line in this scene where when he picks it up and he thinks this is and he goes, oh, sorry, Sergeant. I thought you were my son. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, does he not have color ID on his cell phone? No, not at, in 2005, I don't think. Wow, he's married to Jenny McCarthy. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know that. So the the sergeant is like, we've got a murder that we need you to come down for. So he goes in. Then they do like this weird edit where they, they do this throughout the movie where it's like as if he like walks out of the frame of his apartment into the frame of the murder scene. Oh, like, okay. Almost sure, as if sure, in the sure. same space. Sure, sure, sure. But it's like a little stylistic choice. And so he walks in and sees his colleague uh detective carrie carrie's like running the crime scene she's like hey it's your informant uh has been murdered yeah uh and he's like okay like okay whatever she's like well i don't know it's him for sure i need somebody to id him and he's like what they couldn't just like id him like give me two seconds i'll look at him his face and i'll id him and she's like that's the problem so i bring him in and he sees the scene it's our it's Michael, our snitch. And he sees the trap is on his face, looks at a tattoo, confirms it's him. He's like, that's my CI. Mm. And um, he also notices that there's been a covert criminal informant. Criminal informant. Yes. So he's like, yeah, that's that's Michael. That's my informant. And then he notices that you can say CI now. I know what it means. Okay. He's. <laughs> He notices that there's a jigsaw piece, jig, jigsaw shaped piece of skin that's been cut out of Michael's body. If you recall, Ew. that is uh, Jigsaw's M.O. I'm sure that's how he gets his name. Uh, indeed it is. And we actually talk about that later in this film. Oh, well, that is fun. Tattoos are a real handy means of identification. One of the great reasons to have one in case your head gets <laughs> crushed in, a... in case you die in a way so grisly that there is no other way to prove that it's you yeah have one have two have, one, have two because we don't know what this accident's gonna one be. on each limb it, spread them out <laughs> so he's like yeah it's my criminal informant i don't give a shit he's just like he, i just That's like used him 
fucking very rude. Yeah. Um, and Carrie is like this. Is Carrie her first name? I don't know. Because if so, that's also rude. I think her. Detective Carrie. No, I think it's her last name. It's got to be her last name. I think right? it's her last name. So Detective Carrie is like, hey, I wanted you to. I also wanted you to see this because look at the fucking jigsaw. It, this is a jigsaw crime. Aha, uh-huh. he's a serial killer. They're and aware. She's, and she's the expert in the police force on Jigsaw. She's like, mm. this is his MO. I think she might even be in the first movie, but I didn't recognize her. And he's like, I don't care. I don't care about Jigsaw. I don't care about any of this fucking shit. And she's like, well, why would your informant be targeted by Jigsaw? Like, is there anybody who might have wanted him dead that you know of? And he's like, I don't know. He was an informant. Like, look in the phone book. Everybody wants him dead. And this she's guy like, needs to check his attitude. He's a cynic. And she's like, well, I want you on this case. Why, Carrie? Because, you can do this without him. Well, be, because he, he she needs his understanding of this guy. informant to try to figure out why he got targeted. Sucks. He says, like, I don't want any of this. And so he starts to leave. And Car- Carrie goes, look closer, Detective Matthews. And he goes, what? He turns around like, what did you fucking say? What 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 do you mean look closer, Detective Matthews? And she points up and painted on the ceiling in red paint, it says, Look closer, Detective Matthews. She's like, That's why I want you. That's you being called out by Jigsaw. Feels like she should have led with that. And he goes, I don't care. Dude, what? Yeah, and he leaves. So they're back at the police station. <laughs> okay, man. He's a, a bumming guy. <laughs> okay. we'll, we'll get just we'll get there no <laughs> so they go back to the police station he continues to not want the case detective Carey is still trying to like convince him to do it and, and he's like look i have enough casework as it is i have all this bullshit with internal investigations i have the shit with my son and i'm going through a divorce with my wife a little pointed and ah. she's like and he's like, we're not partners anymore. I don't want to work on this case. Oh, I'm not doing history. it. And she really tries to ply him and they have an walks up to him. She puts her hand on his arm and is like, please, I really want you on this. And she keeps her hand on his arm for a really long time. And we can put two, two and two together. She broke up his marriage. Yes. This is a very complicated work environment. It really is. And... Well, you know, I mean, marriage is a break for many reasons. Um, but, uh, you know, okay, yeah, he's got a lot going on. And and the way he, the way you said he said that I am sort of like, right, it's a job. Being a detective is all, you also have yeah. like bullshit job he doesn't things want anything to do with you have this shit. to do. He you don't want more work. It's yeah. just more work. Exactly. We always think about detectives wanting to find it's a puzzle and it's but it's like sometimes it's just a fucking work you have to do i would also say if i don't get forced to work on a jigsaw case i'm not going to work on a jigsaw case. no but i do think if he calls you out by name you kind of gotta do it i'm running away you gotta leave town (laughs) i'm clearing town yeah but if but if you're staying in town uh, you would should work the case maybe (laughs) <laughs> I don't want to get mixed up in that shit. Well, I want to be a detective. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> that settles that. If we're talking about what I want personally, it's none of this. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> so she gets mad at him. She feels a little bit personally slighted by this too. And she turns around and says to him, when did you stop being a cop? And so we huh. have kind of the essential dilemma this man has here is his son is like, why are you always a cop? And his ex-lover who broke up his w- marriage is like, why are you I not a cop? I take that back. Let's not put that on her. What? Let's not put that on her. She didn't break up his marriage. <laughs> okay, fine. But anyway, he's like, <laughs> sure. You know, be are more you, a cop, be less a cop. Be more a cop, be less a cop. What are you? What are you? Who are you? Who are you? Um, and why is your life in fucking shambles? Do you right need now? to open a burger chain with your brother? Was that him? <laughs> I think so. It might have been all of them. Are there more than one? I two? think there's so many. It's funny. Donnie Wahlberg looks like if AI made Mark, Mark Wahlberg, Wahlberg. He absolutely does. <laughs> so later that night, Eric is in bed. Detective Matthews, Donnie Wahlberg. He's in bed. Can't sleep. Tossing and turning, flashing around, thinking of stuff, thinking about that fucking message just painted on the wall. Look closer, Detective Matthews. Look closer, Detective Matthews. Look closer at what? Look closer at fucking what? And then he has a vision. Mm. He recalls that on the uh, death mask trap was a logo for a steel company, Wilson Steel. Is like uh, on the metal. And so he's like, fucking Wilson Steele. That's what I need to be looking closer at. And so then we cut to the next day. The SWAT team is getting ready to go for this the Wilson Steele building. They're going to raid it. This is where we think Jigsaw's hold up. That was what he was supposed to understand. They're locking Why and loading. Why would that be with J- Come get me? This is Jigsaw, baby. You think that's extent of his plan no i'm that's what i'm saying these fucking idiots being like oh he wanted us to come find him at the steel company you just wait so oh no so the swat locks and loads there's like the leader of the swat team i don't remember his name but he's like a very aggro kind of like jackboot type yeah leader of his fucking swat team and he turns to uh, eric who's with them and it's like just like the good old days right and he's in Eric's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're like hyped to go pull their guns out and like, you know, pew, pew. And pew, pew. they break into the to this building. They're like, you know, seeking around. They have it's like dark building. They have flashlights on the ends of their machine guns and stuff. And looking, 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 they find a staircase. And the staircase is sort of like uh, ensconced by a metal cage kind of thing with a with a gate that opens. So they, you know, run up, start walking up the stairs. Guess what? Those stairs are wired. There's trip wires on them. They don't notice them. They keep walking up. And then all of a sudden, the lights, all these lights turn on, these spotlights. And then we hear a... The little The little mechanized jigsaw puppet on his little tricycle wheels up. Oh, boy. And starts to do that little... Laugh. Mm. And then <laughs> this one's tough. Oh. So one of the SWAT guys, the guy who was in the lead, steps onto another step. No. That step is they're like wooden, like rotten wood stairs. No. That step falls away. So he like falls down so that like one step is behind his ankles and then other step is like against his shins. Okay. And the one that's against his shins shoots out. And breaks both of his shins completely in half backwards. Uh, Ouch. Ouch. It would hurt 
so bad. Like yeah, both, that's a like big full. Bone. I'm I am feeling that bone. That bone is thick as oh my God. hell. Soccer players wear protection from feet kicking them on their shins. Like imagine a whole wooden stair breaking it in half. That's a big bone. It's crazy that our balls can just break. <laughs> I don't like thinking about that. And I have broken bones before. You know this. That's right. I've never but broken a bone. Always at um a, a weak point, like like where two bones meet. A bone in and of a itself. Joint? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I had to do it. Where it's like you break the little parts that bring the bones together. Feels easier to do. Because there's already movement there you know but the idea of breaking a whole big bone in the middle of there's nowhere to there's no a raw bone, natural yeah. point of breakage yeah in the middle of a fem fem no that's your thigh fibula tibula what's that one T- there's tibia and tibula Tib- tibula tibula <laughs> But you know that I'm just saying that would really God it would hurt. It looks so painful in this fucking thing. It fuck, like truly fuck, snaps fuck. him right in half and, and goes through the skin. No, because he's wearing pants, so you don't see it. But it probably goes probably through the goes skin. through the skin. But he's screaming and freaking out. Then the other SWAT guys are like trying to drag him out, and then and they like Ooh. are like yanking him back. No, ow. And they lean against the metal cage, and oops, it's been electrified. They all get electrocuted. Oh fuck! Sparks flying everywhere. A uh, true trap. And yeah, but the Shin that. Man doesn't get electrocuted. He lives. Oh and, fuck! And in the like command center, they're like, send, send, send Team Two in. <laughs> no, it's a fucking trap. <laughs> so Team Two goes in, but no um, man gets left behind. They pull Shin guy out, and then they run up the stairs. Fuck! And at not many steps further, they find sort of Jigsaw's den, which is filled with all sorts of like mannequins and shit and like boxes and crates and schematics of torture devices and all that stuff and they what's tobin bell in that we just saw die hard 2 he was in an action movie we just saw. he played he plays like a heavy in several action movies isn't it i think yes or was it chuck i think he's in that and he's in i think he's die hard 2 and maybe some other stuff i think it's die hard 2 he's really good in these movies too he's a good actor yeah. And they round a corner. Speaking of Tobin Bell, there he is. Jigsaw himself in his funny little uh, there cloak. There he is. Um, and he's just sitting there, surrounded by IVs and medicine cabinets, Ew. looking frail and weak. Uh, they scream and like, hey, put your hands up. He does. They say, get on your knees. And he says, I'm afraid I can't do that. Oh, God. He's too. He's like just literally too frail to, oh. to do it. He's like very sick at this point. You know, eyes rimmed red, skinny, pale, Ooh. looking very bad. He doesn't resist at all, of course. Oh, no. They cuff him. Just like fucking, uh, what's his name? The Scarecrow. Joker? No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I am, yeah. I am You're thinking, thinking of the Joker, the Joker for Joker. sure. But it I'm is very Joker-like. i thinking of the Joker in um, the Batman with Robert Pattinson. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. At the yeah. coffee shop. That's yeah. what I'm thinking. 
uh, the Riddler wants to be caught. That's the one. Riddler. Which I always was uncomfortable with the fact that the Riddler had a very similar point to the Joker in the other Batman movie. Who wants to be caught, yeah. They always want to be caught. Well, they love the cat and mouse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, Tobin Bell is 81. Oh my God. And he looks really good. But I guess this was 20 years ago. Fuck. So yeah, he was 61. It was. But yeah, I mean, good for he him. He looks great. He's in Saw 10. Holy <laughs> shit. He's in a lot of things that are really poorly rated, which feels incorrect. Yeah, I think he's like a, a B-movie actor, you know? Uh, he's so good, though. But like oh, Christopher, Christopher Lee was in mostly B-movies in his career, you know what I mean? It's not, it's it's not a marker of good Lord actor. Lord of the Rings, excuse me. Yeah. The most A-movie of A-movies. <laughs> the A-est movie. A+. plus. <laughs> he oh he was in the firm it was oh. the firm i'm so glad i took the time to look that up because it was the fucking firm hell yes should we rewatch the firm tonight <laughs> so they, anyway so, <laughs> so they cuff him they cuff him and he he's doesn't resist Ill. he's ill they they're actually really quite gentle with him i will give them credit Aww. for this uh, but then uh, Detective Matthews leans in close and he goes, is this looking close enough for you? Matthews, you fool. Smug little smile on his face. He walks away and uh, says, like, you know, like, take him, take him in, book him. And, take uh, him in, book him. <laughs> and Jigsaw goes, actually, I, I will need to remain here with you. While you deal with your problem, Detective Matthews. Oh, no. And Detective Matthews says, what problem? Oh. And he says, the problem in that room. Oh, no. So they go to this other room. It's like a fenced off area. Nothing nothing really going on there except for a big thing covered by a burlap sack. <laughs> a big thing covered by a burlap sack? Yeah. Oh, yay. So... Uh, Detective Matthews has the bright idea. He looks very pleased with himself to pull whatever to pull the burlap sack off of whatever it is underneath. Is it his son? In a way, <gasps> Joel. What is it? It's a bank of monitors, computer monitors, playing video oh. as if they're security cameras inside of a nasty, nasty, nasty house. And the house no. in one room. There's a bunch of people inside. Oh, God. All looking mighty confused. And um, Detective Matthews looks close at the screen. Oh, no. He looks at one of the people and he goes, mm. That's my son. No. He no. has my son. So he goes back. Oh, no. He goes back to Jigsaw, and I have to go back to my first round of notes to get the specifics here because they're yeah, better. I, I feel as if I must let the listeners know that. Today, Joel watched Saw 2 twice in a row and then immediately recorded this with me. <laughs> I went to work and Joel watched Saw 2 twice in a row. Insane that I made you do this. Uh, I did it to myself. Well. I just want to be thorough. I, I feel like I'm wearing Sammy's skin here and I want to be uh -oh. on top of it. So... <laughs> <laughs> It just made me think of in uh, Midsummer when they put 
his penis on his penis. I don't think they put his penis on his penis. I think they put his penis on his pants. If I wore Sammy's skin, this wouldn't be a problem. What? She doesn't have a penis. (laughs) I don't want to break. I I don't want to think about it. (laughs) But you're taller than Sam. Here I am thinking about it. Skin is stretchy. I just don't think it would work. Okay. And don't do that to Sammy. (laughs) I really, I'd have to break up with you. I won't. I'm sorry I brought it up to everyone. Thank you. So he goes back to Jigsaw and is like, you know, like, what's, what's my son doing in there? And Jigsaw goes, hmm. Well, I haven't looked at the tape or the, I haven't looked at the screens for a while. So I'm not really sure. But I would imagine he's cowering in a corner with a look on his face. And uh, de- the de- Detective Matthew starts like screaming at him, like trying to fight him, get at him, which is really funny to be like, are you calling my son scared for being kidnapped? <laughs> but my son isn't scared yeah. at all. <laughs> <laughs> he's he, a brave boy. <laughs> Basically, he's like, and he's like, where is he? And he's like, well, you're going to have to figure that out. And you've got two hours to find it before the toxic gas seeping into his nervous system, causing him causes all of his flesh to break down and causing him to bleed out of every orifice he has. How does Jigsaw have access to so much equipment and resources? You know, there's a really interesting line later that will touch on that a little bit. Okay, because it's like this man must be rich. He's Jigsaw, you know? If he can figure this out, he can, like, steal some money. That's true. Yeah, that's true. It's Maybe he steals it. But it's just, all of this is really elaborate and, I'm sure, expensive. Yeah, I think it's would be hard to do. I had a thought about money the other day, Joel, and you're not going to like this, but I, a friend of mine, of ours, I had dinner with her, and she just did a home improvement project. They replaced some of their windows. Mm-hmm. And it was expensive. And she was like, you know, it was more expensive than I thought it was going to be. It's a little bit stressful to get these windows put in. Uh-huh. And I and I and it occurred to me as we were talking about it, and I said it to her, which is like, well, it's still your money. But now <laughs> <laughs> but now it's windows. But you can't sell those windows and get that money back. It's oh, illiquid. Now. No, I know, but what's the money for? Do you know what I mean? Like it's like money is for you spend it for things for experiences for windows for value added to your life and that it's like we cry and moan about (laughs) about losing our money but it was when it was in your bank account it was it was nothing it was an idea it didn't even really exist and now it's actual physical windows do you see what I mean? Yeah, I totally see what you mean. Yeah. It's just not liquid anymore. Stop saying liquid. <laughs> That's, it was nothing and now it's something. Right, exactly. It could have been anything and now it's one thing. It could have been anything and yet it was nothing. It can always be anything, or but it could no, it be. <laughs> Once it's something, it can't be anything anymore. Right, right, right. But I mean, like. If you're forever like, well, it could be something, then it's never anything. But if you spend it on windows, then you have fucking windows and you've done something. Yeah. Windows. And if you need windows. Yeah. (laughs) I just think 
Everyone should spend their money on anything they want <laughs> at any moment. I agree. I agree. Including it's just Jigsaw. Eventually. <laughs> yeah. Jigsaw should be able to spend his money on a How rare neuro, neurotoxin How gas. What was that money doing for him before? Nothing. Nothing. It could have gone to his health care because it ain't free. <laughs> it really ain't. <laughs> What you should really start doing is getting into like investing. No. Because you can take your money and actually start to make it bigger. But money isn't real is what I'm saying. Windows are real. I'm just saying, (laughs) you know how people say that like, oh, the second you drive your car off a lot, it's worth less. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but then you have a car. (laughs) (laughs) Like... I agree. Are with that. we forgetting about the value of ha- me having a means of transportation? No, I agree with it with cars. It's like, well, you bought a car. You, you have, have a, a car now. Now you have a car. Did you think you were going to like buy a car? It's like the point was to have a car. So congrats. Yeah, they're a depreciating asset, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. That's just what they are. If any, you can like buying a Honda Civic is not an investment. Yeah. You just got to get a car sometimes. <sighs> yeah. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely incoherent arguments from both of us. I'm sure that there's somebody who's smart could like look at that and be like, oh, that's this economic philosophy. And that's this economic philosophy. Tell us. Tell us what our economic philosophy is. I don't think we really disagree on on things. No, we don't. We don't. You just are more um, prudent and conservative. I'm cheap. No, no, no. You're more prudent and conservative. Generally speaking, about about basically all of life <laughs> than me, which is which is le- which is just because I am a free spirit. <laughs> I just I have you know tomorrow is is nothing, and it's all it's all today. It's all today. That's all I think about. Hmm. I think mostly about tomorrow. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I look forward to tomorrow, but I think about today. I live for today. Good. Oh, that's good for you. Thank I'm you. so happy for you. <laughs> okay. So we've just, Jigsaw has just told us that he has, his son is going to be bleeding out of every orifice that he has. Yeah. Uh, and so Detective Matthew says, tell me where he is. And he goes, don't worry. Don't worry. He's in a safe place. So Detective Matthews goes and he calls Daniel. He calls his son. His son doesn't answer. It goes to voicemail. And the voicemail goes, Hello, Detective Matthews. Daniel isn't available to answer the phone right now. <laughs> it's just Jigsaw left it. Made it custom voicemail. So... They're like, so all of these like cops and SWAT people are like, fuck, we got to like figure this out. So the SWAT leader, the like aggro guy is like, call the bomb squad, call the tech team. Let's figure out like where they are. Let's there's like a countdown clock in here counting down like two hours, which is the same amount of time that they have in the house. And they're like, what's going to happen in two hours? Holy shit. What? You know, like we got to get the bomb squad here. Uh, So now we like they all like look into the monitors at the people in the house and we do like a, a stylized segue where the camera moves, zooms into the screen, passes through it. And now an we're hour, in the house. Yeah. And we are in this one single room that all these people are locked in. 
Uh, there is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven people in here. Okay. Including Daniel? Including, no, not including Daniel. Good question. So there's eight. Great. Um, and they're all kind of different archetypes of, okay. of people. And as they kind of come to, we, we learn very little about them. So I, I have our- Oh, they like, were unconscious? Uh, no, they just like sort of like figure this out. Oh, okay, one, okay. one, well, so you kind of are figuring out and you get like little tidbits of information about them and you're just like running off of cues from either something that they've said or what they look like, like their wardrobe, their mm. physicality, you know, that kind of thing. And so we've got somebody who makes it clear that they're an ex-con mm. who will refer to as ex-con. Okay. We've got somebody who's like very beefy. Big guy, strong. We'll call him beefy. Great. We've got a girl who looks like she parties. Party, Party girl. girl. <laughs> we got a, a schlubby guy in a suit. We're going to call him the slob. Oh, okay. We got a creepy guy in a hoodie. The creep. We've got a girl who looks like she loves a pumpkin spice latte and an unconscious woman. Who looks... Unconscious. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> you don't really see her. Okay. You see, like, her legs as ex-con is, like, trying to wake her up. They're all confused. And we have kind of two emergent leaders or two emergent philosophies among the group. The ex-con is like, let's make a plan. Let's calm down. Let's figure out what's happening. Mm. And Beefy's like, we just got to fucking do something. Fuck a plan. Uh, like, let's just get the fuck out of here. Okay. Well, I mean, we would all like to, but yeah, how? We know who we like more already. So they're all confused. Tension is starting to brew. Mm. These people don't know who each other are. They're scared. The slob is talking about how like he saw a documentary about a journalist who got kidnapped and woke up in some room and was in there for nine years. They're all freaking out. Oof. Uh, it ain't going to be nine years, my friend. It ain't going to be nine. Then the unconscious one wakes up <gasps> and she looks around and goes like, where am I? Where am I? And she looks around and looks around and then, and it, she is all of a sudden very not confused. <gasps> she starts to panic, searches around the room, looking for, looking for something, looking for anything and totally freaking out. Xcon grabs her and is like, what's your name? Who are you? And she's like, my name is Amanda. She might be a little familiar. Her arm, her wrists are bandaged as if she had like cut her wrists. She and never saw one. Yes. Um, she's freaking out looking around and she finds behind, hidden behind a brick a tape player no and she's like and they're like what the fuck how do you like why oh, do you why aren't you no. confused why, what are you looking for like how did you find that and she's like what's on this tape is going to tell you everything you need to know damn Amanda that shit sucks um she plays the tape we get Kind of the same rundown as before. You guys, there's a there's a nerve agent pumping through the vents. You're breathing it in. In two hours, you'll be dead. In three hours, all of the doors of this place will unlock and open. But of course, you'll be dead by then. However, there are antidotes to the toxin. And this was a nerve toxin that was used in the Japanese subway attack. That must have happened right around this time. That's how he got his hands on it. It's like a chemical agent that you can get. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but he's like, there. you're all going to die unless you find the antidotes. There's antidotes hidden around the house. Enough for everybody. Um, and, you know, that's how you'll get out. 
Oh, boy. Then in the same envelope that the tape was in is a little note and a little key. And beefy, Mr. Like, let's just fucking go. He takes it out, pulls, grabs the key and like looks at the note. And the note just says, don't use this key on that door. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. It's like very Looney Tunes. I mean, Jigsaw's having a good time. And he's very bullheaded. Beefy's bullheaded. They're like, don't fucking use it. Amanda's like, don't use it. Like it says, don't use it. So don't fucking use it. You got to follow the rules. Uh-huh. And I mean, I can understand being like, well, I'm going to fucking listen to this guy. But, yeah. you know, yeah. So Beefy's like, fuck it. I would it. let Beefy try it, though. Yeah, fuck it. I'm going to use it. He runs to the... There, it's like a big metal... Like, it looks like a... Uh, almost like a vault door. Like, still square shape, but like metal, super heavy okay. duty. You're not, you're not pushing your way through that shit. Goes up to it, puts the key in, and Slobby Man looks through the, like, peephole. It's like peering through it. Beefy unlocks it and the camera like whips around to the other side of the door and there's a like a fucking uh, magnum gun uh. rigged up that as he twists the key, the trigger gets pulled and Slob gets shot through his head. It basically blows his, his fucking head off and he falls. Blood sprays everywhere. Slob is dead. Should have been beefy. Should have been beefy, but beefy was smart enough not to peek through the hole. Slob was a fucking idiot. Yeah. Uh, And Amanda's like, you have to understand it's a game. He's testing us and he wants us to survive, but you have to play by the rules. You have to play by the rules to get through it. Well, perfect time (laughs) for you to ask because he, (laughs) the ex con goes, how do you know this? And she goes, I've played the game before. And we flash back. God, that sucks for and her. And she's the woman who was in the bear trap in Saw 1. <gasps> oh, God. Why does he keep targeting her? She already played the game. Well, we'll find out. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we, we, we certainly recognize her. <clears throat> she was when she cut a key out of another person's stomach to killing unlock, him. killing him, to unlock the bear trap on her face. She survived and understood that he broke her addiction because he taught her the value of life. And so, but she's back. What might have happened? She, she does have those bandages on her fucking she wrist. She fucking recall. relapsed. So, Maybe because of the unbelievable trauma of murdering someone. Could be. So we cut back to the factory and they decide like, we got to call this tech team in to figure out where this video feed is coming to. Uh, this is like the SWAT team. They're yeah. like, call in our tech people. We got to trace the signal of this video feed. Um, and so Jigsaw says like to Detective Matthews, like, I, I want to talk alone with you. Just you and me. Where's Detective Carrie? She's in the monitor room with the SWAT leader. So Jigsaw says this to Detective Matthews. I want to talk to you alone. Detective Matthews goes back to the monitor room with Carrie and the leader, SWAT leader. And they have a bit of a debate. Like, do I fucking sit down and talk to this dude? Or do we do the, quote, old school method, which is basically like beat it, beat the information out of him? That doesn't work. Because uh, he's like, you know, he has my son. There's a two hour time limit. Do I waste my fucking time talking to him or do I beat the shit out of him and get what I need to know? It doesn't work. And in this moment is when we confirm that, in fact, Carrie and uh matthews had an affair she like leans over she like walks over to him and is like you already lost your son's son once because of what we did you can't don't 
lose him again. Follow the rules. I'm the jigsaw expert. Just do what he fucking says. There we go, Carrie. And he dithers and isn't sure what he's going to do. We cut back to the house. The gun door, the the lock door that the gun shot through, suddenly pops open. Mm. Just opens on its own. They peek around. It was on a timer. It was meant to open at this moment. They all step out cautiously into a hallway. And in the hallway, Beefy finds a baseball bat with nails hammered into it. <laughs> and one of the clues that they received in that first tape was like, this first tape was f- really dense. It was like full of so much shit. <laughs> so I'm getting to one point now, which is that at one point he says X marks the spot, which is something that he says in one. So they know that they're looking for an X okay. to find the first most important clue of why they're all there. And in this tape, he's like, you're all here for a reason. There's something that connects all of you. Find the X and you will figure out why you're all here. So they're all looking for the X. We find this baseball bat. They're uh, walking around. Um, Again, the ex-con is like, we need to form a plan. Beefy is like, fuck you. I don't care about your fucking plan. I'm on my own. I don't care about you guys. Like, this isn't some fortress. It's a house. These walls are plaster. We can fucking get out of here. I'm not worrying about you guys. Just break through all the walls. He's beefy. And he has a big bat. And to him, to be fair to him, he's like, what are we going to do? Sit around and make a plan for 30 minutes and then fucking. Yeah, I guess. I mean, try to break down the walls. Sure. I like I'm fine. I'm fine with that if I'm one of those people. Yeah. And like while this while the like debate about are they going to have a plan or not is happening, like they're all coughing. I was going to say, like, you're going to be dead in two hours before that. You're probably going to be massively debilitated. Yeah. So like most of the rest of this movie is them being like coughing out of breath, debilitated on the verge of death, like being poisoned. Oh, man. Um, And like there are there's already blood coming up for some of them as they cough. Ugh. The first time I realized blood could come up when you coughed was um, Moulin Rouge. <laughs> and I remember I remember watching it and not knowing what tuberculosis was, but being like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's crazy, right? Yeah. It's crazy to think. It would that. be so alarming. Crazy that it used to happen to people all the time. They'd get consumption and that would be it. Really bad. You just do that you know people like to talk about how like oh it's it's, we're living in a really bad time and we are (laughs) but i think we've always been living in a bad time with the exception of maybe like 1990 to 2000 and 2000 (laughs) depending on who you are fair (laughs) but yeah i mean at one point in time the life was bad because nature was killing ruthless And now life is bad because e- e- people are evil, dumb, and bad. And we've caused and nature to, to be killing us. Yeah. yeah. And then in between, there were like so many plagues. Yeah. And no it, understanding of medicine. That's we kind of the world history. Dirty and gross. <laughs> so. Bubonic plague, black plague. And just like illnesses. That we and didn't, just like illnesses. <laughs> that we just didn't, they would just kill you. Yeah. Do you know what is really crazy? I watched a video the other day of somebody who had rabies. And if you show somebody with rabies a glass of water, they What's, freak out. What is up with that? <laughs> uh, people say that. I've heard this, but like, uh, what the fuck is that? Because the rabies 
it's like the virus is is recoiling like like yeah. like in um the thing like touching the thing to the thing and it freaks out you can't swallow and you're and you rabies, can't swallow rabies infects your like salivatory glands oh my god spit glands whatever and it it like doesn't want you to drink water to wash it away or something and so you oh choke on it God. it's like literally has a mind of its own yeah and it controls it like tells your nervous system to like run away from water holy and I, fucking that like shit must be very clear like how like holy water got associated with like anti-demonic shit is like pr- people had rabies and like and they'd freak out about water they, and they would like recoil from it i mean yeah i would think that was demonic yeah me too so okay <clears throat> where am i okay they're coughing up blood. Yeah, they're co- okay. <laughs> so they're so like they're coughing and blood is coming out. Uh, then they walk in the into the foyer of this house. They find a big double door, and on the door is painted "Exit." <clears throat> and so don't Beefy, buy it. Beefy has the key, and he's like, "I'm going to unlock the door." And they're like, "You don't know what's behind that. Don't fucking do it." <clears throat> he thinks about it. This is the the absolute last kind of person I'd want to be in this situation with. Correct. Uh, and he, but he chickens out. He decides not to. Not to unlock it. And they're like, last time he did that, somebody got shot in the fucking head. Yeah. And he throws the key aside. And don't do that. The ex-con picks it up. Okay, great. Um, But they are like, well, okay, so what are we going to do? We cut back to the factory, which is where the cops are always. um, And Jigsaw's like, okay, I want to. And so uh, Detective Matthew's like, okay, I'll talk to you one on one. And Jigsaw's like, okay. Detective Matthews, I want to play a game. Oh, no. The rules are very simple. In fact, there's only one rule. You just need to sit and talk to me and listen. And if you do that, you'll see your son again. And you'll see that he's in a safe and secure place. That's it. That's the rule. And... So he's like, fucking, all right, fine. Um, Jigsaw, huh? What a fucking crazy name. And he's like, well, I actually never took that name myself. That was the police in the newspapers or whatever. I only ever carved those out to represent what people are missing. That each of my, each of these people is missing something important to understanding the nature of life. And Matthews is like not having any of it. He's like, fuck you, dude. You're just fucking crazy. Nothing you do is justified. You're a murderer. And he's like, I never killed. He's like, I never killed anybody. (laughs) And they kind of like go back and forth on on that sort of thing. And eventually Matthews is like, look, man, I don't want to listen to this fucking shit. The clock is ticking. My son is in danger. And I need to know, like, just give me the information. There's like there's no manual for how I'm supposed to deal with this. And he's like, oh. A manual, eh? You didn't used to be uh, interested in the manual. What would you have done five years ago, Detective Matthews? Would you have beat me? Would you have broken my jaw with a flashlight? Uh, You used to be a real cop, a brave cop. Now you're just behind a desk. You used to be a real cop. You would beat the shit out of people? He's like prodding him. Sure, but I don't love that. Well, just wait. (laughs) So he's like kind of laying into him being like, there's something about Detective Matthews that Jigsaw knows. He's not who he once was. Yes. And now he's kind of like stuck behind a desk. We know he was 
dealing with internal affairs mm, investigations. Oh, sure. And then Jigsaw goes, would you get me a glass of water? <laughs> and he jiggles his little empty glass. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Just proving he doesn't have rabies. Yeah. he's he, Smart idea. We should all be proving that all the time. <laughs> uh, so Matthews decide, he agrees. He'll like go get him a glass of water. We cut back to the house. Beefy is slamming on this door with his baseball bat and peels away a chunk of it. It's they're sealed in. You, they can't get out through this door. Um, but in the process, the ex-con notices that Beefy has a prison tattoo on his mm. arm. And he's like, did you do a bid in such and such a place? I did a bid there, too. OK, we're connecting. They look at an um, another person who's with them and realize like, Three of them have done time in mm. prison. And ex-con is like trying to like f- get sure, everybody sure, to like sure, sure. talk about this. It's like that's something that three of us have in common. But then the pumpkin spice girl fu- is like, I found a door. And so that conversation is cut short. Mm. They all run to this door and it leads to a basement. Not good. So they go down into this basement. It's dark and nasty. And they find a creepy doll. Freaky, nasty. Very much like the game where they like pull it, like it's like covered in something. They like open it up and it's like a freaky little clown doll. And it has a knife stabbed into it with a envelope. Oh. And on the envelope is a name. Obi. And they're like. Obi? Obi. Okay. Obi. And they're like, who the fuck is Obi? And then Mr. Creep goes. Obby is how you pronounce it, but that's my name. <laughs> just, I don't know why. It must be an inside joke. And there's a tape inside the envelope. They play it, and it's Jigsaw going, Obi, Obi, Obi. Obi, Obi, Obi. But he says Obi, okay, which is really Obie, funny. It's Obi. Obi, 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 you burnt the people around you with your games and your lies. And blah, 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 blah. Talks about him. Uh, that, and they, he's like, there's a big like crematorium style oven in the basement. And he's like, inside the oven are two doses of the antidote. One for you as payment for helping me kidnap all of these people. <gasps> and one for you to donate to like a lucky winner. And, <sighs> and he says, remember, Obi, once you're in hell. Only the devil can get you out. So they're like, Obi, what the fuck? And then Pumpkin Spice goes, wait a minute. I remember you kidnapped me. I got into my car and he put, he like you put chlorof- a chloroform rag over my f- fucking mouth. You kidnapped me. And they're all like, get us out of here. And he's like, I can't get you out of here. I didn't think I was going to be in here. Oh. And mind you, he looks creepy as fucking shit. He's so creepy. Uh, so... Beefy has the knife that the uh, was in the envelope. envelope. Yeah. And he holds it up to uh, Creepy's throat and is like, either you go and get those fucking antidotes or I'm going to cut your fucking neck right now. (laughs) Creepy takes the knife and starts cutting his own neck. (gasps) Not all the way in, but like a dramatic amount and and goes like, if you're going to put a knife to me, you better be willing to fucking go all the way. Oh, shit. So anyway, it's like a very tense standoff. And Obi goes like, well, I guess I'll like go in and fucking get these <clears throat> antidotes. 
So he goes in, he climbs in, and there's two syringes of antidote to inject Uh hanging on chains inside of the oven. He grabs the first one. We're all good. Mm. Then he grabs the second one. And it triggers the door of the oven to shut and lock. And the oven turns on. So there's fire shooting up through the floor grates, starting at one end, moving towards him. And he's screaming. They're trying to get the doors open. They can't. It's get, The whole thing is getting too hot for them to even touch. Ooh. He's in there. There's Along with an antidote. Along with two antidotes. Because he didn't get the other one out. No. Fuck. And so they're all like get, trying to get him out, trying to get him out. The fire is getting closer to him. He looks over to the side and he sees there's a little valve with a devil pointing to it. Like a little water valve. <gasps> Once you're in hell, but it's consumed in out. flame. And he would have to like reach through it and burn his hand off to like turn the valve. Burn his hand off? It's hot. <laughs> but he's too... He can't do it. He like no, can't bring himself to do it. You would. I th- that I wouldn't cut my own eyeball out, but that I think, that I, one would I, think I would do. That one I think I would do. <laughs> yeah, right. Don't ever test me on that one. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, please don't test me. But I think I could do that one. But fuck. He that's a good question with every one of these. We should talk about if we would do it or not. Okay, so, that one I would do. OK, so he won't do it. They're all running around like trying to figure out how to get him out. And then uh, Daniel, the son, notices there's a glass window on the other side and that if Beef uses his bat, he can break it. Mm. So Beefy starts breaking at it, breaking at it, breaking at it. Meanwhile, Creep is burning, burning, burning up, screaming, 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 like high-pitched, freaky screams. They do a great job with screams in this movie. And he gets burned up. They break the window open. He starts to try to climb out, but he can't fit. And he doesn't bring the the antidotes with him, and he just dies. He just burns to death. He cooks. Oh, fuck. All the the two antidotes that were in there are lost. Yeah, It's over. They probably can't get up to that temp anyway. Yeah. They're all freaking out. And uh, Amanda walks up the stairs and she goes, he had a chance or he had a choice. She like, he didn't play the game. He lost the game. So we cut back to the factory. Fuck. Um, And they do a really funny bit where like Jigsaw just is blathering on. He's being so tedious and annoying. And he's like talking to Detective Matthews about Darwinism. And he's <laughs> basically being like, we don't know how to survive anymore. It used to be that humans had a drive to live. Why is and this now your we thing, don't. man? And like Detective Matthews says, I don't want to hear any of this. Okay, this sucks. <laughs> this sucks. The clock is ticking. I just want my son. And Jigsaw says, remember the rules. You have to sit and talk to me. <laughs> He's like, you're not listening. And then he asks, what do you think the cure for cancer is? Detective Matthews again is like, I don't fucking care. I just want to like, like, you're a killer. You're a murderer. I don't want to hear it. And he's like, uh, this is when he's like, I've never killed anyone. And he's like, putting a gun to somebody's head and making them pull the trigger is murder. Like forcing them to do that is murder, dude. And he and Jigsaw says, since when is force a problem for you, Detective Matthews? (gasps) And then he starts talking about the last. He goes, what was the last thing you said to Daniel to go away? Oh, And we realize he was the man fishing 
behind him in that scene. Oh, wow. Well played, Joel. Yeah, thank you. You really threw that away. Listening in. And he heard the last thing he said, and Detective Matthews is suddenly very ashamed uh, about sending his son away like that. Mm. And Jigsaw says, why are we only willing to act when life is at stake? And like, why is it that you only forgive your son's sins when his life is at risk and not before that? What's wrong with you? And he then walks through his own like kind of origin and like explains like we cut we cut to a flashback of him getting his cancer diagnosis with Dr. Lawrence from saw one Carrie Elwes. Yeah. And then you see him. After he hears the news, he's sitting in his car. The world is different. Everything has changed for him. The air smells different. Mm, and and he's like fully changed. You know what I mean? And he um, and he realizes like what's at stake. And Matthews again is like, "Fuck off!" I think Matt. I'm gonna kill a bunch of people. <laughs> he's like, "Fuck off!" Like you can. You can fix this. Like right now, just tell me where they are. And and Jigsaw says, oh, but can we fix you? Matthews is like, so, okay, what? You're like, you got cancer and you started killing people? That's hardly a fucking excuse. And Jigsaw tells him like, no, it wasn't the cancer that set me to this. It's when I tried to kill myself and I failed. He drove a car off a cliff to try to kill himself after his diagnosis and survived. And the idea that his body could survive that, but couldn't fend off the cancer, like awakened something in his mind. He also in the crash, like impaled himself on a piece of metal and like pulled it out himself and suddenly felt more alive than he's ever felt. And he looks to Matthews and says, you feel a lot more alive than you've ever felt right now. Don't you? Or at least that you felt in a long time. He's like, that's when I really realized those who don't appreciate life don't deserve it. Do you appreciate yours, Detective Matthews? Do you appreciate yours? And Detective Matthews goes, my son appreciates his. And he says, do you appreciate your sons? And we cut to the house. Jesus. Pumpkin Spice Girl is fading. She's having a really hard time with this toxin. Daniel, the son, is like trying to like revive her, trying to keep her going. Oh, sweetie. He's a sweetie. And he is him, Pumpkin Spice, and Amanda. Mm. And Pumpkin Spice is fading. And uh, he goes to Amanda and is like, so you've you survived it before. What are you still doing here? Like, how did he get you before? And she's like, I was a junkie, but I passed his test. Um, and he's like, so why are you here again? And she looks at her wrists and we cut to a flashback. She's cutting her wrists with uh, a razor blade. And he's like, but you were an addict before when like, and she's like, yeah, I started using in jail. And he was like, what were you arrested for? Possession. And he was like, so if you were arrested for, but you didn't use drugs before you were in jail, why were you arrested for possession? And she's like, why don't you ask the cop who arrested me? (gasps) And they're talking in, Daniel makes a very conscious choice. He almost t- says that his dad is a cop and he goes, my dad's just a real hard ass. He's starting to sniff. Mm. He doesn't want them to know his dad's a cop. 
Then the ex-con runs up. He's like, we found a door. He's coughing up a shitload of blood at this point. And they go to this door where Beefy and Party Girl are trying to get it open, but it's like hard to get open. And they're like, be really careful. Like if you, if it's, if it's like locked like this, obviously it's a trap. So like, and Beefy's like, I don't give a shit. And he pushes it open, triggers, triggers something. And they see a little countdown on another, another like metallic locked door. Three minutes. They're like, fucking whatever it is that's about to happen, it's going to happen in three minutes. And they find another envelope for Xavier, who is beefy. And the they play the tape. And basically, it says, like, Xavier, you're a drug dealer. And you give people promises of a better life that they'll never be able to have. Your game is I'm going to make you crawl into the same pit of squalor. That you force addicts into to make your living. Oh, God. And there's a bed in this room and they pull it aside and beneath the bed is a king-sized bed pit of used fucking syringes. Oh, my God. There are approximately 250,000 uh, use syringes or maybe it's 25,000 it's a shitload of uh, fucking used dirty filthy syringes oh, inside oh no at the bottom of this pit is the key to open the door to get an antidote if they don't get that key in the next minute and a half now that door is locked forever oh, no fuck, antidote fuck 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 so they all start freaking out this is Xavier's game is this the scene this is the scene. Mm. Xavier panics. He grabs Amanda, <gasps> picks her up, and throws her into no! the pit. No! She lands hard on top of all of these syringes and is immediately pierced by 20, 25, 30 syringes. It is so gnarly. It is, it is for me hard to watch. <sighs> she starts digging through it. Oh God! Oh fuck! Because she's been through this before. She knows, she knows. how this hard. It. It, she knows what she has to do. She's killed somebody for this shit before. She starts raking through these things, screaming, screaming like a feral animal as she gets stuck by dozens upon dozens upon dozens of. Foul, nasty needles. Oh, she's so fucked. She's raking them away like they're leaves. Like her hands are fucked. She's screaming. She's in so much pain. She's doing it. Is they're plunging into her. Well, and it's, it ain't just the pain, baby. Yeah. What is on those needles? Yeah, they're hanging off of her body, her arms, her torso, her legs, her fucking shoulders. <laughs> she digs and digs and digs and she only digs more and more intensely and recklessly as the clock winds down. We're at like 20 seconds, 15 oh, fuck, seconds. Fuck, fuck. Digging, 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 screaming, screaming, screaming. She finds the key, screams the gnarliest scream that I've heard in a long time, slams the key down on the floor. Beefy picks it up, runs to the door, drops the key, doesn't pick it up in time. Time expires. The door locks. Too late. So Daniel hoists Amanda out of there. She is quiver, like trembling in pain. Beefy screaming at her like, how could you fuck this up? <gasps> and he storms out as Daniel like plucks 
these needles out of her. Oh, it my is God. so nasty. She digs through like it's like a three foot deep pit of these things. Dirty, rusty. They have close ups of them. They're like so there's like almost as if there'd be like little hairs on them. You know oh, what I mean? She's so fucked. Oh, my God. It's so bad. So now in this moment. Oh, I hate beefy. We hate him. And in this moment, as Amanda's kind of trying to recover, Pumpkin Spice walks in and goes, I was in prison too. And they're like, what for? And she goes, it doesn't matter. But I was in prison too. That makes four of us. And they look at Daniel. They're like, Were you, did you do time? And he's like, no. I mean, I, I guess I've had problems. But like, no. Um, but now they know that Everybody, except for Daniel, wasn't did jail time. His dad arrested all of them. So we cut to the factory. There's 30 minutes left on the Ooh, clock. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Detective Carey's like, they're trying to like figure out how do we fucking crack Jigsaw. He's like, and Detective Carey's like, uh, threatened to destroy his work. There's all these like schematics and diagrams here. Threatened to destroy it. Uh, and maybe that will get him to confess. Because uh, he's like, you know, serial killers are narcissists and whatever. And so Detective Matthews goes and like grabs all his work, tears it apart, slams it on the table. And Jigsaw's like, go ahead, kill it like or destroy it. And uh, he's like, I don't care. And Matthews is like, if you kill my son, I'll kill you. And Jigsaw's like, why wait? We know that we know the sort of person you are. Guns down an unarmed suspect, plants evidence to get a conviction, man whose wife leaves him and his son hates him. Those are, I would say, Jigsaw, to be fair, two very different topics to yeah. come at me about. But we're really starting to put things, some things together. And Jigsaw goes, I have something to show you. Eli, I'm done talking. I just want you to see something. It's actually in the monitor room in a, in a drawer second drawer down and uh they pull it out and it's a file full of mug shots and uh arrest papers for everybody in the house and you were you were the arresting officer and you planted the evidence that put them away planted it each one of them he planted evidence to get them arrested oh that's a lot of cases yeah but he got all these medals. He was a big deal of a cop. And he planted evidence to put these people away. Wow. What a piece of shit. Including to poor Amanda, who got put away and then for drug possession, only to then get addicted to heroin in jail. She wasn't even a user before she went in. So he's a bad motherfucker. Oh, boy. So then he's like, Jigsaw points out. All of these people are locked in a house with your son. It'd be a shame if they figured out who he was. Oh, my God. So we cut to the house. Beefy is back in that safe room. The ex-con is like trying to follow him in. He's like literally puking blood at this point. Jesus Christ. And Beefy's like thinking through how to get out, how to get out. And he remembers on the tape uh, and, uh, the Jigsaw had said the code to the safe to get out is somewhere in the back of your minds. Beefy realizes like, oh, I should look at the back of everybody's fucking head. <gasps> and there's Smart. little, 
yeah and so he looks at slob his body who's down like laying um, there he he sure. like turns the head and he sees there's a little number ex-con walks in and tries to like basically be like hey man look i know what it's like i've been in prison too i know what it's like to like find enemies everywhere you go but we got to work together to get out of here I got to get out of here because I got enemies outside these walls who are going to come after my family if I don't come out of here. I can't have enemies in here. It's like, can we just fucking work together? And Beefy's like, all right, turn around. (laughs) And X-Con's like, what are you fucking talking about? I'm not turning around. And Beefy pulls out his knife and goes, turn around. And so X-Con fights him because he thinks he's going to get stabbed. They get into a big fight. Use your words, man. Yeah. Beefy gets like hit his hits his head on this big safe that's in the middle of the room. Um, but he gets up, grabs his baseball bat, and thwacks Xcon in the back God of his head as hard it. as he can. Xcon is dead. <gasps> Fuck. And Beefy looks at the back of his neck, the number 16 on the back of his on the back of his neck. <sighs> so we cut back into a hallway. Pumpkin spice is very bad. She falls over, she's at the end of her line. And before, it, like, she's, like, barely conscious and she goes, she points up and goes, X marks the spot. Mm. And there's a framed picture that's, like, the glass of the frame is cracked in an X shape. And Party Girl takes the photo, uh, the frame off, opens it, and there's a photograph of Daniel and Detective Matthews. Oh, no. On the back of the photograph, it says, father and son. <laughs> <laughs> And so Party Girl's like, what the fuck? He's your dad. He fucking set me up and put me away. And Amanda's like, that's your fucking dad? Please don't tell me that's your fucking dad. That's not his fault. Yeah, and he's like, I didn't know. I didn't know. And then they're interrupted because Pumpkin Spice starts to seizure. She chokes on her own blood. He's been so nice to everybody. And she dies. Pumpkin Spice is gone. How long has it been? Uh, Over an hour and a half at this point. So we're in the end game here. The whole team is starting to fall apart, obviously. Beefy just killed X-Con. Everybody now, except for Beefy, now knows that Daniel's dad put like framed them and put them all away. And Beefy's blood crazy a little bit. He has a knife and he's running around looking for everybody because he wants to get those numbers off of their necks. Uh... So now we're in a very fun kind of like slashery, terminatory, yeah. shiningy moment w- w- where they're all also like dying and like being poisoned and like hardly able to walk anymore. They're like all leaning against the walls, staggering and stumbling around out of breath. Mm. And uh, Amanda and Daniel, uh, like Amanda leaves Daniel at first, but then she comes back to him after she finds that the ex-con has been killed by beefy she figures this out she goes to daniel and it's like basically like i'll protect you like you're a kid yeah it's not your fault and so beefy's like walking around now trying to like collect numbers he goes down to the basement gets creeps number it's number 11 he finds pumpkin spice dead in the hallway hers is number eight but right next to her body is of course the picture and he finds it realizes that Daniel is Detective Matthews' son and now he really wants to talk to the kid. Mm. And it's a great sequence. They're like running around this house screaming at each other. Beefy's like, Amanda, kid, I just want the numbers on your necks. Um, They're all fucking dying and coughing and stuff. We cut back to the factory. Matthews is watching this happen on the monitors now. 
Um, and he's like, okay, I've re-sanded my rope. I'm not talking. I'm going to beat the shit out of this motherfucker. I'm going to get my work. answers. Ain't going to work. So he goes in. He beats the fuck out of Jigsaw, slams him from wall to wall, Have punches him. nothing. There's a really funny moment where Jigsaw is like, ah, that's the old Detective Matthews. And But he's like holding his hand up. And Matthews grabs his pointer finger and just breaks it. Ah! <laughs> and he's and Jigsaw screams so loud. Oh, and oh, that would really hurt. He's like starting to kind of cave to the physical battery here. He's like getting the shit kicked out of him. Torture he's a cancer patient. Work. Yeah, he's like ill. This is bad for him. But he also like managed to get out like now that's the detective Matthews they gave the medals to. Uh, ooh, we ooh, cut back ooh. to the house. Uh, Daniel and Amanda are running from Beefy. Um, party girl then f- is on her own. She's walking around. She opens a door. She walks into another, a new room and she finds another antidote. But this antidote was meant for Amanda. We're kind of trading our little antidote traps. But this one has a syringe inside of a box on the bot- that, that is attached to the ceiling, a glass box. The bottom of the box has two little armholes. Simple enough, right? You reach into the box, you grab the syringe, you Does pull it out. Does maybe think of like fear factor? It kind of is, yeah. <laughs> you pull it out, you go on your way. So she w- runs up to it. Oh, God. Desperate, of course. Reaches in. <laughs> but the little armholes are actually razor blades <gasps> that can be pushed up, but not down. Uh. So she reaches up. Like those tire things. What tire things? Like when you drive into an exit, that it's like if you drive yeah, the kinda, right yeah. way, it doesn't break them. But if you go Very the wrong way. Very similar principle. And so she grabs the syringe and even fucking yanks it off of its plunger and spills all the antidote out anyway. And now her arms up to like her, you know, her hands down to her wrists are stuck in this box. Oh, fuck. And there's only one way to get them out. Fuck. Which is basically to deglove oneself. Oh, 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 okay, okay, uh, oh, okay. I thought, I was thinking, I was thinking, like, wrist, like a, like, like, cut your wrist. No, no, no. no. It's a, it's a de-glove. It's a de-glove. No, yeah, it's like, tight, tightly against her skin. She would have to, like, drag her hands through. How fast could you do it? Well, that's the question. Do you go really fast or you have to go really slow? I don't know. Oh, I think you go so fast. I don't think you could. I well, think I you'd mean, take multiple jerks. Well, that makes me But this is a very classic saw trap, which sick. is just like you lose your hands, but you survive. Do you lose your hands or you lose your skin? Oh, we should go back to the syringes. Would you do that one? Fuck. Fuck. I don't think I would do the syringe one. I think I would die. Because I, I don't know what I'm taking out with me. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good point. Oh, that's a good point. I don't know. I haven't seen it. So in my mind, it sort of is like a ball pit. And I'm like, yeah, painful ball pit. I would do that. But I know that's not what it is. Yeah. And a lot of if you can like get past the dirtiness of it, it's not the worst. Yeah, it would like hurt, but it wouldn't be so crazy. You know? Um, Okay, but wait, 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 wait. This thing, this thing. Lose your hands or lose the skin on your hands? I think all of the meat would come off of them. All the meat. And maybe your whole hand would end up coming off too. Now, if she had just reached one hand up 
and kept one out, she probably could have like dropped it, held the metal kind of open. Too greedy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, why would you shoot both hands up in there? In that house? I'm not shooting both in. No. In fact, I'm going to try to knock the box off the ceiling at first. I just can't imagine reaching both hands through for anything. Well, what's interesting is she starts with one and then goes with the other. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. But I think I would maybe try this one, but I don't know but if I could do it. Thinking, she's not thinking yeah, clearly. I don't know if I could do it. At this point. I would try, though, to go so fast. Because it I would, would hurt so bad. It would be awful. I think there's a real possibility that the way that it's built, it would like tighten around your wrist you, until it cut your hand off. Fuck and me. I don't know if I could manage that no and like well and then it's like can you really give yourself the antidote that's a really good point if no. you don't have a hand well you could do it with or your if mouth your hand is so fucked i mean maybe in your mouth into your thigh push the plunger with your tongue after that much pain i don't think you can do it it wouldn't hurt at all at that point the no, no, no. the needle no, the needle wouldn't you're in, you are oh. fucked yeah i'd be frenzied at that point i don't know man that one's tough and That's she bad. realizes how bad it is. And she, again, screams. And man, her screams are gnarly. <laughs> screams are bad. Really high-pitched screams. Um, what does she do? What does she do? Well, we leave her there for the moment. Jigsaw mm. um, is really mean. Like, this punishment okay. isn't even about them. It's about Detective Matthews. Correct. That's what's so fucked. I mean, I guess Beefy deserves it, but... Well, they're all guilty of what they did. It's just he ensured their convictions. Sure. Which is a very... what I think one of the things I really like about this movie is like in other movies, that kind of is sometimes like valorized with cops. Is yeah, like it's interesting. He, he, he's like... He's the bad guy for sure. And Jigsaw's a really interesting foil to... Uh, Detective Matthews because they both have their own Code. sense of justice and and their own sense of like moral deliverance. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Jigsaw is worse, um, but Detective Matthews is a piece of shit. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. And it's definitely colored for me by the fact that he's also a Wahlberg. But yeah. No, he's perfectly cast as of 2023. Yeah. So... We haven't actually left Party Girl yet. She's staying there screaming. Blood, mm. so much blood is already streaming down her arms, <sighs> dripping onto her face, pooling inside this box. And then Beefy walks in. And he walks up. Oh, God. She's screaming for help. And he just gently pushes the hair away from the back of her neck, gets her number, number nine, and walks leaves. Walks away. Uh... Shuts, shuts the door behind him. And she screams, 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 screams. I hate him. So now Amanda and Daniel were in back in the first room we were in with the safe in it. Mm. Um, and they're like holding that big metal door shut because they know Beefy's coming. He's screaming really scary. We go into the factory and now Detective Matthews is continuing to absolutely fucking pummel Jigsaw. He pulls out his gun, sticks it in Jigsaw's mouth and is like, fucking tell me where my son is. And Jigsaw very weakly goes, game over. I'll tell you where he is. I'll take you there. But I'll only take you. Nobody else can come, okay? I'll do it. I'll do it. So he's like, how do we get out of here? And Jigsaw goes, that little 
button over there, press it. You, you better do it fast because time's running out. And he, Detective Matthews presses this little button, and the whole little table that he was sitting at, this whole little room, was a little freight elevator that's that the gates shut and it starts going down and all the SWAT team is like fuck they're leaving we got to go try to get them um at that exact moment the tech team who has come in has like we fit we trace the signal we know where the house is uh... so now detective matthews is driving in a van uh, yet again in saw one if you recall the car driving shots are like really che- cheap and bad uh-huh. it's also really cheap and bad in That's this one very he's driving a, in a van with jigsaw punching him to get every direction that he gives he's like which way do i go punch go right <laughs> which way do i go go straight aye, aye, the swat aye. team now is also racing to the scene because they know where they're at Getting directions themselves, going. Uh, we cut into the house. Beefy's trying to force his way into that metal door, banging on it, charging into it. Amanda and Daniel, these two little weak, meek little people are trying to hold him back. There's no way they're going to be able to pull it forever or keep it there forever. So Amanda pulls the spiked bat out of XCon's head and wedges it into the door to like try to give them a little bit of extra security. And it works pretty good. It's kind of like a little doorstop. Sure. And you now we get into the car and we get a really nice little fun uh, like horror Easter egg where uh, Matthews is like, which way do I go? And Jigsaw says, take a left here. And it's the last house on the left, which is a Stephen King mm. book. Uh, cut back into the house. Amanda now, they've got this sort of door wedge in so they can like step away from the door and she finds a trap door is under the safe. It's been there all along. The uh, only reason she notices it is because XCON's blood is pooling in a way that like indicates shows a like space a line. underneath. Yeah. Uh, and they're like, how do we fucking open it? It's locked. And Dana goes, the key from the, the very envelope, beginning. From the very beginning. Oh my God. They use it. It opens the <gasps> trap door. They go down just as Beefy breaks through the big heavy metal door. So a classic uh, saw fashion. It was there all along. If they had just fucking made a plan, spent some time figuring it out. In the car, Matthews arrives and Jigsaw, before he goes, gets out of the car, peels back a little piece of medical tape that's holding an IV into his hand. And there's a key. And he goes, you're going to need this inside the house. (gasps) Maybe this is his plan all along. Uh. In the house, Beefy breaks in. At the same time. Matthews gets into the house. He uses the key to unlock a chain. He he gets inside. Cut back. Beef Beefy's chasing Amanda and Daniel down this like into this like basementy sewery area. Pipes and shit everywhere, and they're chasing and running while Detective Matthews is searching the house. He's he's got a flashlight out. He's like looking around for uh, evidence of where anybody is. It's like dark in the house. He's like looking around trying to find it. He. Uh, Meanwhile, the SWAT team now breaks in through the front door that had exit painted on it. But we cut back to the monitor room and Carrie, they're like, we're here, we're in. And Carrie's like, I don't see you guys. Where are you? Like, I can't see you on the monitors. We cut back into the house. Amanda and Daniel get to this like big giant sliding door uh, and they open it. And they step into a room and they both immediately gag. It smells so fucking bad. And Amanda reaches over and flips the light switch and fluorescent light goes. Just like a string of fluorescent lights turn on really fucking freaky. They look around. It's a filthy tiled bathroom. There's a toilet with a heart painted in shit on it. 
It's the original bathroom <gasps> from Saw 1. They look around. Are there corpses there in there? There are two desiccated corpses in oh. there. Lawrence and Adam are still in there. Lawrence's foot is like mummified Ew. on the ground. The saw itself is there. And they're trapped in this dead end room where Saw 1 entirely took place in. Incredible. Incredible. So uh, Beefy finds the door as we cut to uh, Matthews finds the trap door in the safe room. Again, looking around with this flashlight, trying to find, he finds Xcon's body, screaming for Daniel to see where he is. And now Beefy opens that sliding door and Daniel is gone. He's dead. And Amanda's sitting with him, like, looking at Beefy, like, he's dead. Like, please, like, just fucking deal with me. Like, leave him alone. It's just you and me. Beefy's like, I just want the numbers on the backs of your fucking heads. Give me the numbers. Uh, and he has his knife out. He's like threatening her. And Amanda goes, if you kill me, how are you going to get your number? Uh, <gasps> and he looks around. There's no mirrors in the bathroom anymore. And we realize there's never been a mirror anywhere in this whole house this whole fucking time. Precisely for this reason. And Beefy is psychotic at this point. He looks around, he thinks, and he decides to cut the skin off of the back of his own neck. And he takes the knife to it and starts just sawing at it. And he's screaming, blood is fucking water falling out of the back of his neck. Why does he need to kill her? Like, what? Just... I don't know why. He he could just be like, hey, you and me, we can get out of here. I know every number you and me can get out. He's just, he's lost He's it. just lost it. Yeah. So, and he wasn't very nice to begin with. Yeah. So he, screaming, really dramatic. Again, these like crazy speed rampy psycho shots as he's sawing this skin off. He like then like gets it just enough where he like does the shit where he like pulls it Ew! the rest of the way. Holds it out, a perfectly cut piece of skin, and he tucks it in his pocket. (laughs) (laughs) So funny. And Amanda looks at him kind of like, uh? He starts walking towards Amanda with that knife out. He's just going to fucking kill her. Get the number. All of a sudden, Daniel springs up. Yeah, baby. With the old original saw in his (gasps) hand and slashes Beefy's fucking neck with it. Oh, my God. Ew, old big nasty saw. Now, big fake out and also a really fun moment because Daniel did what fucking Jigsaw did in the first one. He played dead in that room to like lull them into a sense of security. A great callback. Beefy falls to the ground, spurting blood. Daniel's like, oh my God, I just fucking killed a guy. Amanda's yeah. freaking out. They're all in a really bad shape. Now... Detective Matthews is like running through these like basement floors and he sees this sliding door ahead, he runs towards it. We cut away to the SWAT team. They're still moving around the upper part of the house. Mm. Still not on video. Mm. Then they find another room. Mm. Step in and inside there's something covered 
by luxurious red velvet. Oh. No burlap here. No. And they pull it aside, mm. and it's a bunch of monitors and a bunch of VCRs. And we realize this isn't a live feed. This is a <gasps> tape playback. No! Oh, my God. We are operating on two different timelines. <gasps> Everything that we've been watching in the house already happened. No! Long ago. And it's too late. They've been had. The SWAT leader literally pauses the video feed. <gasps> and everybody realizes, like, oh, fuck. This has been the game but all Matthews along. But Matthews doesn't know. Matthews doesn't know. Oh, my God. He enters the stinky, nasty room. Oh, no. It is black in there. And we realize it's been dark in the in Detective Matthews' shots in the house because <gasps> it is much, much later. It, that's uh... why he, like, at no point in this movie did anybody else need a flashlight to look around. Detective Matthews need one because it's a different time. Because it's nighttime. He walks in. Oh, God. He gags because it smells so bad. He finds Beefy's body. The toxins have been working their magic on him. He's like pretty much decayed. He finds Adam and Lawrence. They're obviously mummified. He looks around with his flashlight, looking for Daniel, calling for Daniel. He gets to that little bathtub oh that God. Adam woke up in and oh saw God, one. Oh, God. Oh, God. And he sees a pale hand oh God. on the rim of the bathtub. Oh, no. He walks up to it. Oh, no. There's a person in there. Oh, God. He turns it over. Oh, no. Pig face, wig face. <laughs> <laughs> I, I lied to you. It is pig face, wig face. <laughs> pig face, wig face, leaps up, does the pig face, wig face, like... And stabs him in the thigh with a fucking syringe, injects him with a sedative, and he passes out. No, I didn't see this coming. I'm shocked. I'm thrilled. Pig face, motherfucking wig face. Oh, you yeah, got baby. me, Joel. You got me. I tried to be clever about it, but I did just have to straight up lie to you and say no. I, I forgive you. <laughs> <laughs> so Matthews passes out. He goes unconscious. We cut back to the factory. The timer that's been running to the countdown to the end of that two hours reaches its end. All of the SWAT team is like, oh, shit. Three, two, one. <gasps> Are we going to blow up? What's going to happen? Are we all going to die? Nothing happens. They just hear the hinges of a door open. Oh, God. They walk into the you know room with all this like boxes and crates and mannequins. And there's a safe. And the door swings open, and there's Daniel. Scared, but alive, breathing from an, in an oxygen tank inside the safe. If you recall, Jigsaw told Detective Matthews at the very beginning, the only rule is you have to sit and listen to me. And if you do that, you'll find Daniel alive and in a safe, secure place. So if he had just not beat the shit out of if him and just, just stayed in that room. That was the room they were the rules. in. Yep. He was there the whole time. The whole time. Because all of this already happened. And he was there. 
And if Matthews had just not beat the shit not out been of him. like cavalier, if he had just talked, if he had just listened to the rules, Daniel was right there the whole time. My jaw's on the floor. He, <laughs> I'm shocked. He's safe. He's obviously like traumatized, but he's fine. Yeah, he's very traumatized. So we cut back into the room that Saw 1 takes place in. Oh my in. God. Detective Matthews wakes up. He's chained to a pipe. Oh no. His gun is out of his reach. Oh no. And there's a tape player next to him. He picks it up. He plays it. And it's not Jigsaw's voice that plays. It's a woman's voice. She starts to talk. And she says, among other things, I was guilty of a lot of things, but not the drug charge you framed me for. <gasps> it's Amanda's voice. And if you'll recall, as we know, Amanda never held anything against Jigsaw. In fact, she thought he saved her life. Oh, he showed her a new way. Oh my God. We flashback. The suicide flashback that she did was just the ploy. Jigsaw was in the room with her. She was just doing it to be plausible inside the room. She talks about how he helped her. Oh. He became a father to her, a leader for her. Oh, Amanda. Oh, no. And now we cut to another timeline where Amanda brings Daniel to Jigsaw. She like deliver. She got him out of the house. That's why she protected him the whole time. Was he was the he was the plan. So she wouldn't let anybody hurt him. She wouldn't let Beefy kill him because he was an essential part of the lesson that fucking Matthews needed to be taught. And then we get a very mega spoon fed flashback montage of like every single detail that uh, adds up. <laughs> And she's like giving this like long speech about like, and now you're helpless and now you're here. And like, um, we cut to a shot where pig face, wig face, shout out, takes the pig face off. And it's Amanda in the bathtub as she, on the tape. She's like, I will carry on John's work when he's dead. I will follow it up. And you, Detective Matthews, are my first test subject. And then he, like, Matthews is screaming, like, fuck you, fuck you, I'm going to fucking kill you. Uh -uh. And Amanda walks into the room, cleaned up, looking great. She stands at the door and she goes, game over. Shuts the door. In the dark, Detective Matthews is screaming, fuck you, I'm going to fucking kill you, you fucking bitch. His, like, toxicity is, like you know, boiling out of him and he's been had. She walks away. Oh, and she says in the tape, she's like, tell me detective Matthews, what is the cure for cancer? Which is the same question Jigsaw asked him. And she said, and she says, the cure for cancer is the same cure as the cure for death. It's immortality. And when people remember you, you become immortal. You become bigger than your life and you, you know, that's the cure for cancer. And John, that's Jigsaw's real name. John showed me the way I'm going to carry it on after him and both of us will live forever. And she, and he gets locked in and then we cut outside Jigsaw in the car, his face bloody. He's weak. He's fucked up. 
is he's really got his ass kicked and he's sitting in that car he starts to smile and we pull away and we cut to black and that's the end of the movie oh my god yeah i think that that ending is so fucking killer yeah it's really good i'm shocked yeah it like really works it really that works. That is an incredible twist. I did not know this movie had a twist. It really nails the spirit of the first one. I think like that kind of twist, but you don't really see it coming. So, I which was is, like really so well done. bad for Amanda that she had to go through all this again. She's just a psycho. She's just a psycho. And she like went in and it makes it like when she falls into that pit and she starts to scream as she's like sifting through these things. It's like you realize like it's not so much pain as it is like a religious fervor. It's yeah. like her like doing um, like a, a, the act of a saint. Like how um, like, yeah, how people like whip themselves. Yeah. For God. Or yeah. Whatever. It's like, a, it's a, yeah, like spiritual ecstasy on like, top of um, pain. Saint Maud. Uh-huh. Ugh. Ugh. And she's his apprentice. So she'll carry it on. And it's wow, like, well, and of she, course, I she mean, saw one. She was like obsessed with him. Well, and, you know, we have fucking eight more movies for her to see what that's going to be. Yeah, I I don't think I've even seen three. I'm not sure where it goes, but I'm definitely curious. I, I would definitely like to watch three because I think two works really well. Yeah, that's fair. I am. Wow. Wow. Saw two. Fuck. Saw two is really good. I remember feeling like. When I watched it that first time many years ago, being like, that was really good. And it's very interesting. Yeah. It's, I would say this it's not that great as a standalone movie. It's really good as a sequel to Saw. I hear you. Yeah. I really enjoyed this movie. I think it's really good. Joel, I had a good time. I got to be honest. This might be the longest episode you ever recorded, but we'll see. The longest ever. No, there's no way. But it is. I mean, it's long. I, 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 yeah, I ain't got sugarcoated, Joel. This one was long. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't the longest. No, it wasn't the longest. I guess that's that. And I hope that our listeners have a good, as good of a time as, as we did. We had a good time. If, if you guys, I just hope you all have, can have so much fun. <laughs> I just hope. I really hope you guys can have so much fun. We had so much fun. Yeah. And we miss Sammy and Henley. Sammy and Henley. God, we love them. Sammy, feels good in your skin. Don't do this. <laughs> Don't do this. Um, God, we just love them. I hope we made you proud. I hope we made them proud. I really do. That's all I want. Mm -hmm. I love them so much. I do too. I really do. I, know. I I just am so impressed by them both so much. They're perfect. They're both so cool and like sweet and... The way they see the world helps me to see it better. Ah, uh, and on that note, okay, how's Jigsaw talk? Jigsaw talks. Like, how does he talk? You want to play a game? Was that you it? Want, you want to play a you game? Want, it's more whispery from all of us here. From all of us here, at too, too scary, scary. Didn't watch. Good. Goodbye. Good. Good night. Do you say good night? We say goodbye. Goodbye. There you go. 
Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Too Scary Didn't Watch. If you like the show, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can follow us on social media at TSDW Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And if one episode a week just is not enough for you, head on over to patreon.com slash TSDW Podcast to become a patron and receive all sorts of extra goodies from us, including bonus episodes, trailer reactions, and more. And no matter what, we will see you right here next week for another episode. We love you so much. Bye. That was a HeadGum Podcast.